Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Your life, and um, you know, I was thinking this last week is, what is the best word of advice that my dad gave me? How about for you? What is that best word of advice that your dad has given to you? I know on uh, our wedding day that my dad shook my hand and said, live life to the fullest, live it for the Lord. And those words have stuck with me as simple as they are, but they have stuck with me in my life. To really live life to the fullest is living for Jesus Christ. Amen? So true in all of our lives. So what is that word of advice that you've gotten from your father or a father figure maybe in your life? Think about that today, you know, because really... There is no script or manual on how to be a good dad. Isn't that true? There really isn't in that, but it, men are kind of just thrust into the task of fatherhood that will change how we view our earthly father, our heavenly father, and even ourselves forever. It's an adventure. When I became a father for the first time with our daughter, I was scared that I was not going to be a good dad. How many of you got that, dad? You're like, yeah, I, I, I get that. Like, I've never done this before. This is all new territory. But you know, it's only by the grace of God and through proper care and instruction that God's allowed Kristen and I to raise three amazing kids that serve the Lord today. And I'm sure it's the same way in your life as well. Because, you know, the felt need and the impact of fathers is tremendous in both directions, either good or bad. The felt need of that is really felt in the world that you and I live in at this moment, that we see that. So fathers are vital in every single home. Is there a family in your house? A family really is uh, not a place where there's a perfect marriage. There are no perfect people. There's no no such thing even as a perfect marriage, right? But maybe we can begin today with the basic thought, who is the architect of the family? Who is the architect? The architect of uh, the American family is not the socialist professor who is taught or is teaching at colleges and universities, not at all. It's not the federal government. The architect of the family is not the church because some are going to churches that no longer believe the Bible no longer teach nor practice the Word of God. The fact is the architect of the human family is God Almighty. It is Him. He created Adam and Eve as man and woman as the eternal pattern for the family. For the family unit, God has already established this in His Word. And that pattern has never, ever changed. And another pattern is... uh, Rebellion against the word and the will of God. We know that. It doesn't matter what trends happen to be today, because I'm going to talk a little bit about those, but the best way to raise children is when one married man and woman choose to raise their kids in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. And if you believe that, say amen. What is the purpose of the family? Scripture plainly tells us what that is. As a matter of fact, the first book of the Bible gives us the purpose of the family. Genesis 1.28, to be fruitful and what? Multiply. To be fruitful and multiply. The point is to multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Not replace. It never said replace. 
If you're married, you have two people, you have just replaced two people. You haven't multiplied until you've had the third one. Are you following me? Now you've multiplied. And so this is really a fact um, that any nation that produces 2.0 or less becomes extinct, right? That's a fact of life. What is a family? There's a family of God that's in the Bible that tells us that, and I assure you, we are a family here. We are a blood relatives by the virtue of Jesus Christ. We are reborn into an eternal family. We are brothers and sisters, and we have a mission to care for each other. The Bible says, and Jesus says this in his own words, the last commandment I give you is love one another as I have loved you. And then there's the traditional family uh, where there's father, mother, and children. He has created male and female, and that's not going to change. I just want to tell you that. He is the potter, and we are the clay. Amen? The clay doesn't tell the potter what I want to be. Clay does not talk. It is only formed by the master himself. You are a creation of God the Father who is our potter. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. We follow him. He does not follow us. Amen? So what is a family? Well, a family is a picture of a mother cooking dinner for someone she loves. It's the laugh of a baby. It's the strength of a father. It's the warmth of loving hearts. It's the light from happy eyes. It's kindness on parade. It's loyalty one for another. It is covenant love. Home is the first school and the first church that I ever attended. I learned from my parents what was wrong and what was right. Family is where you go for comfort. When you're hungry, when you're sick, when the world has beaten you up, they can wrap their arms around you and love on you and hug you and make the world go away. When you've been battered and when you have been bruised by the world, family will open the door, the very door of heaven, and it will heal you. They will anoint your wounds with the oil of gladness. They will wrap themselves around you. Family is where joy is shared and sorrow is eased. They will be glad of your success. They will be delighted that you receive the promotion at your job. They will be proud of you making honor roll at school, but they will go out and buy every newspaper on the rack when you become the football hero or the volleyball hero or you're on the honor roll or when you were the business man of the year or you were the mother of the year. Family is where fathers and mothers are respected and they are loved. They are never addressed as old man and old woman. There is respect and reverence. With advancing years, our parents shouldn't be shuffled off to the sidelines to be ignored, whether they're in a wheelchair, a recliner, or too feeble to sit up straightly. They are there because they belong there. They are your flesh and blood, and they are your family. Family is where children are wanted and considered a blessing of the Lord. They're, they're not looked upon as an inconvenience to your career. They are truly angels that are unaware that God has given to you and me for just a few days and then are released into society to make a difference with the purposes of God in their heart and life. Let's turn to the focus of the Father, if you will.
to the portraits of a godly father is what I want to talk about from Scripture today. What does God expect of a father? God expects, of course, fathers to reflect him. You know, my dad used to say something to us kids growing up. It was this, did you get the picture? And that was more just the snapshot. That was, are you understanding and getting the picture of what is taking place in this moment? Over and over again, did you get the picture? Did you understand what was going on? Do you see what's happening? And I hope today you can sit a little bit straighter in your chair today and lean in because we are a nation that is need and in need of godly fathers and godly mothers like never before. We understand that God is love. He expects fathers to love their wives even as Christ loved the church, Ephesians says. That's in the Bible. There's not a verse in the Bible that says you should treat your wife like your oldest child in your family. That's not there. You love your wife as Christ loved the church. He loved the church, and he gave her everything that deserved to be loved in her. He gave it willingly. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands love your wives. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, the Bible says. And he who loves his wife loves himself. Our heavenly Father loved every single one of us and has loved us and will to the very end even when we rebelled and we decided to do our own thing. He is the prodigal God today that is waiting on the porch for sons and daughters to come home still that have rebelled and run away from home. Think about that God is a provider, amen? Fathers, we are, uh, men, we are called to be providers. Well, he is Jehovah Jireh, and he expects the earthly father to be a provider. Matter of fact, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8 says, anyone who does not provide for his own family, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and even worse than an unbeliever. Provide for the needs, men, of your, your, your wife, Uh, your child, provide financially, provide spiritual direction. Freedom is not the right to do as you please. Freedom is the right to do as you and I ought to do. God is a father. He's even referred to as Jehovah Shammah, which means God is there, and therefore God expects fathers to be there, to be present with their families, to help them, to walk them through difficulties, to love on them, Leaders are present. Leaders have influence. Amen? Can I, can I just say that today? That leaders are present. Leaders are influence. If you're a leader in your home, you're present. If you're a leader in the church, you're to be present. There's only so many things you can do from watching it from a distance. you got to be present because leaders are present. That's what God's word continues to show me. That's what he wants us to know. According to the National Census Bureau, 80% of American children now living in homes live in homes without their biological father. Last year, four out of 10 children were born to unwed mothers. And we know that scripture tells about what it means to be an absentee father because we see this. And he addresses it in Malachi 4 and verse 6. He says, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And so it goes on, but we kind of stop there. It says, or else, hearts of fathers to their children, children of their fathers, or else I will come and strike the nation with a curse. That God will send judgment on the nation for the moral failure of fathers to lead and to love and to provide for their children. Reed Markham said this. I love this. Being a father is like shaving. 
no matter how good you shave today, you have to do it again tomorrow. How many are with me? You have to get up and shave tomorrow. You have to get up and be, your, be a dad. You have to get, get up and be a father tomorrow. Amen? Amen? You got to get up and do it again. Even when you feel knocked down. I, I just pray, one of the many prayers I've prayed for our dads or fathers today, people that are here, people that are watching, is that God would give you his confidence in leading your homes. Like never before. Because we have a lot of, a lot of men that are not courageous and a lot of men that are not confident in their calling and their anointing. And fathers, I tell you, you need to go home and be there for your families and love on your children and love on your wife and, and uh, be there for your kids and get them out of the things that they should no longer be in. You are the father. You are the authority over your children. That child does not belong to the state. That child does not belong to the school. God gave you that child. You are called to lead that child, love that child, provide for that child. That's God's pattern for you and to you as a father. And there's three basic functions I want to have us look at today inside of Scripture. There's three portraits that Scripture talks about who Jesus is, but also who he's called every father to be. And those are a priest, a prophet, and a king. The first is priest in Exodus chapter 12 there's the Passover. The father was responsible to put the blood over the doorposts of their home. Without the blood over the doorpost, the death angel would come and take the life of the firstborn. The point is then, is this, the safety of my family in the house depends on what I do as the father of the house. If the father failed, the family was destroyed by the death angel. You say, well, what does that have to do with America? Well, let me, let me tell you, the death angel is flying over this nation right now, killing our children. The drug culture, the heroin, the fentanyl is a national crisis that you and I are up against like never before. Our children are an endangered species. The children of America are endangered today. Why? Because they're not protected and they have been left exposed. Fathers of America, Go home and be responsible. Raise your children in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Amen? It's the job of the Father. It's the job of the Father to apply the blood of Jesus Christ over our homes. Exodus chapter 12, 3 and 7 says, Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames. Our nation is in great trouble today. We have anarchy in the streets. We have a shadow government trying to pull down the established government. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken right now in this nation. And the traditional family, if it passes off the stage of history, the nation that you and I know will not, no longer exist. The survival of America depends on the survival of the traditional family. That's why God set it up this way, where therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Fathers, men in this room, you and I are called to be priests of our home. To be the priest of our home, to apply the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that will save our families. Second is the calling of a prophet. He represents God to his family. 
Noah in Genesis chapter 6 found favor in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord said to Noah, enter the ark, you and your family. God told Noah, the father, God told him a flood was coming. That's the problem. God told him how to escape the flood with an ark. That's the solution. The, the, the family would be saved if he would hear what God was saying. Again, the message is the duty of the father was make the provision for escape that had not yet been seen. Because Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 says in one verse, By faith, Noah being warned by God of things not yet seen, not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. Men of the house, you are called to be a prophet to the things that are not yet seen that are coming, that have the potential to come and try to destroy the home. Your home in which you live, my home in which I live, God has called us to be, to be the prophet, to hear the voice of the Lord, and to speak out the word of the Lord. There are things that are coming to America that are not yet seen, that are going to shake this nation to the core. And, and you, we need our families to be together. We need our families to be united. You as a unit become tight and become inseparable because that is God's will for you. There will come a time in America when your life or the life of your family will depend on the leadership of the Father. You are the priest and you are the prophet of your house. Because Deuteronomy 6.4 even tells us, Behold, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. That means you teach your children the word of God. Saturate your children with the word of God. Speak the word of God. Pray the word of God over them every single day. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, you fathers, provoke not your children, but you train them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Train them. That's the word where we get gymnasium as a coach shows uh, their child how to shoot a basketball or play softball or hit a baseball. Father, you are to train your children over and over, reading the word of God with them, praying for them so that they know how important your words are to their lives. Someone has said a father is his daughter's first love and his son's first hero. I'm thankful, and Chris and I are thankful for our kids and our home. And I, we have a picture of my gang that's going to show here. This is our crazy gang. My kids have seen me at my worst, and my kids have seen me at my best. And I've had to apologize many times for my behavior, the words that I said, but I'm still growing into continuing to add value to each and every one of them. I've had to continue to grow into being a father and constantly adjusting to the different seasons of their life. I believe in my kids, and I say often how proud I am of them to chase after the dreams that God has placed in their hearts because I have a father that has done that for me. My dad is 82 years of age, and I'm going to call him today, and I'm going to thank him for his life and what he passed down to me today. And he loved me and still believes in me and still cares for me. Dads, never underestimate the influence that God has given you to lead your children. And I am now called to pay that forward. You know, Kristen and I have always led our kids to church always led them to that place. You know what? 
I honor you dads and I honor you parents that continue to come to the house of God, that you bring your families in. I saw it today. Your families were with you. Your children are with you today. Never underestimate the value of watching your kids as they watch you walk into the house of the Lord and serve him together. Amen. Never underestimate that. That's what makes a difference. Listen, you got to know that. They want to be like the Father. You fathers, you, you lead them. You show them. You love them. You impart the word of God to them. It's a responsibility that's yours. Billy Graham said, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. You are a priest. You are a prophet. And lastly is the king. A king has authority. Spiritual leader in our home has authority that has been given to us by God. And, and very clearly, everything God establishes functions on spiritual authority. The sun, the moon, and the stars function by the authority of God today. The home functions under the authority of God. The government functions according to the book of Romans under the authority of God. That's where it's called to lead. The church functions under spiritual authority. The father is the authority in the home. He is the decision maker. It doesn't mean that there shouldn't be agreement from the wife. There shouldn't be, uh, there should be a, a consultation of what takes place, yes, but someone has to be the decision maker in the end. Someone has to say yes and no. God made you as the husband the leader, and so I would tell you wives that are here today, let your husbands lead and let me tell you something. I know in my life, Kristen has always wanted me to take the lead. Sometimes I just didn't have the courage to. Sometimes I just didn't feel right about it. But then in her encouragement, as she told me, I want you to take the lead. Let me tell you something, wives. We know that you want the men of the house to take the lead to take the lead, to have the final decision of what takes place in your home because that's how God created the spiritual order of things. Amen? Here's 1 Corinthians 11.3. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of a woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Acts 16, 31, I love, I love this portion of Scripture because sometimes we miss this, but we know in this story, Paul and Silas are in jail, and they're singing after being beaten. And God sends the angel down to be there in the jail, and there's an earthquake, and they start walking out of the jail, and the jailer comes and says, what must I do to be saved? Because I, I assure you, under Roman law, if they walked out, he went into the jail the next day, served out their term, but... What must I do to be saved? Listen to Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. The point, the verse was given to the father so that the household could be saved. That night, the prison warden went home. He got his family, his kids around him, and he shared the testimony of the jailbreak that happened by the supernatural power of God. He was forever changed. He told them about the power of God that shook the earth that night. That night, his family was saved. Scripture tells us that. The whole family went to bed redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That they were saved by the message of what God had done. 
And the Father had shared that with them. And I just want to encourage you dads today that is your household saved and do they know Jesus? Are, are your children following after the Lord Jesus Christ? I, I get it that, that people, in, children can be raised in homes that are godly and still wander. I, I know that. We see that. And we shouldn't feel all down on ourselves for that. But, but today I want to ask you is, are, are your children saved? Are your grandchildren saved? And you should go after them first. And you should be the ones reaching them and ministering to them and witnessing to them and telling them what God has done for you. <laughs> Praying for their soul. Or are your homes feuding and fighting and divided with bitterness and bickering and jealousy and animosity? And right now, if you just take this moment and hear the voice of the Lord, that God wants you to stop that and start acting like the Christian home, like the Christian family you're supposed to be, and let God rule you. Let him rule your mind. Let him rule your mouth. Let him rule your marriage today so that our homes can be united in this nation that is not in unity. There may be some of you in this room to say, God, I, I want my family restored. I want God to heal our wounds and our family. I, I want the bitterness and I want the memories to go away and I want the love of God to bring us together again. That may be you today. You say, you know what? I haven't been the spiritual leader. You know, I've delegated that to somebody else. I've delegated that to the church, the preacher, whoever. But, but, but I'm going to go home today, and I'm going to be the spiritual leader of my house that, God, you have placed me in authority over. I know this seems like a strong word today, but do you still love me? <laughs> Priest, the prophet that God has called you to be. Is that, what you're, that, is that, what, that where you're at? You're the king today? filled with the authority that God has placed in you. So today, as you come, as you just take these, his word, if there's any of these areas you say, you know what, I need to function better in that. God has given you his authority. He's given your, his anointing to you to function. He's established you in your home and that you would have courage today to take that step of faith. I know that there's single parents here. I know there's those that are amongst us that are in this room today. You're leading your home as a single parent. So you're having to step into many of these roles as well. And so that you would step into them and, and you would function in them as God has given you the authority. But today I just felt so burdened to talk about the family, but to also to talk about fathers. That fathers, I need you and we need you like never before. In the convictions and the, in the place of authority that God has put in your heart. Let's do this thing together. Let's be men that show up. Let's be men that are, that are present. And let's be men that are courageous in this day more than ever before. You're the spiritual leader in your home. And God wants you to take your rightful place. He wants you to take your rightful place today. That place has already been provided for you. It has your name on it. Would you take a step into it today? Come on, come on, would you do it? Would, would you stop passing off to the church that, that the church is supposed to be, you know, the father of my home? Would, would you stop passing off that somebody else to be the father? You're the father of your home. God has 
given you, and he is here to help you, giving you clarity. We have, we have men's groups that are happening in the church. Month a month, I lead a men's group trying to bring men together to try to encourage our hearts. We have anywhere from about 17 to 20 men that come out every third Saturday of the month. Men, would you take your rightful place? Would you take that rightful step? Would you do that today? Would you walk in it? Would you function in it? That's what I'm asking you. More importantly is God is asking you to take that place. Stand at it today. You may not feel like, wow, I add up. Or I think every father in this room could say, yeah, there's many times. Every man in this room, I haven't stood up when I should stand up. But today, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be present. And I'm going to love my family. And I'm going to love my home. And I'm going to love my wife. And I'm going to love my kids. Just as Christ loved the church. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.